Welcome everybody to a new episode of Fear and Loathing. <laughs> it's so good to be here. I am Brian Kluger and I'm joined by the two hosts with the most, the two genies in my lamp. For this episode, Preston Barta and Dan Moran, how are you two doing? Great. Let's get some magic, magical podcast. It's it's going to be magic if you believe in magic. We are talking, of course, about the the film that came out in 1996, the movie that starred Shaquille O'Neal in his only starring role ever, Kazam! <laughs> Releasing July 17th, 1997 or 1996, the heat, the top, the middle of the summer. And uh, yeah, there was just a just a crazy wave of basketball stars and movies at this time. And so I guess somebody was like, hey, we need we need an Aladdin movie. We need Aladdin, but we need Shaquille O'Neal in it to grant somebody wishes. And uh, there's not really any basketball in this movie, uh, like Space Jam. This is so one all... part. What? What? One part. One part where he down like an air shaft. But uh, yeah, Kazam here on Fear and Loathing in Cinema. I'm so excited. Um, this is going to be a fun episode. Kazam! It's been a long time since I've seen this. This this came out in 1996. It is on Disney Plus at the moment, and it kind of follows a young kid who uh, is going through a tough time in life with his his parents and school, and uh, and then a genie pops out of not a lamp but out of a boombox, which good God is solid gold right there. Um, Do you want to know a fun little thing? So yes, right here in the corner. There's a boombox right here. I got that boombox because of this movie, and I still have it. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Oh, Go, good. Anything ever come out of it, or just some sweet tunes? Just some sweet tunes. The some, Shaquille O'Neal rap Simon. album. Yes, the the, the Shaquille O'Neal rap album came out of that. Uh, uh, so this movie, if you don't remember, Kazam. It stars Shaquille O'Neal because he wanted to be in movies. Uh, Francis Capra, who, of course, is more famous for Veronica Mars as as Weevil. Uh, you have Ali Walker and you have a couple other people you might recognize, such as Efren Ramirez, who played Pedro in Napoleon Dynamite. He's here as a very small role as Carlos. And then, of course, you have Salt and Peppa coming in 
doing yeah. the music interlude of the movie live on stage. And it seems like one of the guys in here is in Scrubs as one of the doctors, but I can't remember uh, <laughs> if he is or not. But we'll we'll get to that. So, so basically, Kazam, not to be confused with Shazam, but Kazam is kind of like the story of Aladdin almost, but for kids. And it was a vehicle for Shaquille O'Neal. And we're going to get into this. So, yeah, what would you say? Brian, I have bad news for you. The story of Aladdin was for kids already. <laughs> oh, didn't know that. I mean, a man and his talking monkey. I thought it was going to be an adult film. This this one is this one is missing some sweet carpet rides and some things like that. But it is it's it's a movie. It is it is a movie. And so watching this movie, I mean, I I remember when this movie came out because I was a big Space Jam fan, and when this came out, you know. I collected Shaquille O'Neal cards. I like Shaquille O'Neal and seeing this. I remember the movie being okay back in the day. And then watching it again today, because it's been a while. Um, this movie was a little more hardcore than I remember. Yeah. Uh, there, There's definitely a lot of adult themes and a lot of things going on. And it really isn't just about three wishes and things like that, silly things like that. They they took it in a different direction and i actually like the movie even though it is shit upon like i think it has a five percent on rotten tomatoes uh which is crazy that's why we're here so dan did you remember seeing this back in the day when it first was released doing and what was your thought then and what is your overall kind of thinking I now of coming back to it I honestly do not recall seeing this movie in the theaters. I know for a fact that much like we say on every one of these podcasts, I specifically remember the VHS. I remember the blockbuster. I remember the standees with Shaq because Shaq was everywhere. Like Shaq still to this day has unbelievable star power, but he obviously couldn't open a movie in 1996. Um, and, and I, probably saw it at home probably mildly liked it but it wasn't the it wasn't it was a worse version of the movie that already came out starring the most popular athlete in the world which was michael jordan and i think everyone who was young younger even though michael jordan wasn't old in 1996 but everyone was like shaq's the new hot thing so everyone wanted to be cool but shaq put out a worse movie so i feel like space jam i've seen space jam a hundred times i've probably seen kazam like three well because this week. well because Space Jam took Michael Jordan who definitely cannot act. He just like doesn't has no acting no. chops in that movie, but you put him with Looney Tunes and you put him in his element with tons of amazing actors right. and in basketball, I think he's going to feel more comfortable than what Shaq did with oh. basically virtually no actors that were recognizable and not something to lean on. And Shaq had to act, which at times I think Shaq did a good job. We're going to get to Shaq in a second because I don't remember Shaq being this vocal. <laughs> but Preston, what about you? Preston, what what did you think about this movie when you first saw it? When did you first see it? And then coming back to it. I did see it in theaters and I loved it. I watched mm -hmm. it probably, I don't know, 
ten dozens of times when it had come out, as Dan said, owning the VHS or having the VHS. And then I hadn't watched it in probably 20 years or so. And so I watched it last night with my son. I, I, I've been taking a roll in the dice lately because a lot of, as we know, with like Flintstones and some of the other movies that we've done that are, were kid friendly at the time, still have that PG or G rating. And then you watch them today and you're like, I'm going to have to have a talk with my son about that. Um, <laughs> I rolled the dice with this one. And um, even though he and I had to talk about a few things, um, especially involving his the main kid max his his father his real father and his shady dealings kind of like godfather goodfellas ish um i had to explain to him because he hadn't seen hadn't really seen a movie that deals with like a father being kind of a bad father and so i think that was like a, a dose of reality for him and so i can be like eh, aren't you thankful i'm not that shitty huh um, but <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this movie, um, is way better than I remember as, as Brian, as you said, like there's, there's some real stuff happening here with the kid and there's some like moments of pause. Like it's not all hijinks. It's, they have moments of meaningful, thoughtful conversations about what the kid's dealing with and like what he wants in his heart. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm even more shocked that this movie is 5%. I don't know what sort of expectations critics had at the time, but this movie deserves way better than that 5%. And and so this is the reason why we really do this show, because this, this really is a gem of a movie to me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to dive even deeper in it. I think it's, I think it's great. It, it is great. And it's funny, you know, kind of doing research for this movie, Kazam. Uh, it, it It's kind of a crazy thing of how it came about. Um, basically, I guess the story is that the director of the movie took his son to an NBA All-Star game uh, when somebody was like, you want to meet Shaq? And they did. And they just started talking like, we should put Shaq in a movie. What kind of movie? He should play a genie. Yeah, I should play a genie. And then Kazam was born. That's how it happened. And that's like, really, Hollywood? This is how this is what happened? Like $12 million was spent on this movie? Like how does this well, still happen today? Well, that's why it made me laugh so hard in the articles about the movie where um Shaq was talking about how bad the movie was. He was like, I was, you know, a young kid from wherever he's from. And he goes, and they offered me seven million dollars to be in the genie movie. He's like, what am I supposed to say? No to $7 million? I was like, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but at the time, you know, you're, you're seeing like your colleague, Michael Jordan, being like, oh my God, he made a movie with Looney Tunes and it made hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, I can do this. And like Aladdin's probably, you know, good <clears throat> at the time and we're getting these things together and it's a good vehicle for him. And I must say, I must say, Shaquille O'Neal, watching Shaquille O'Neal now, you know, in interviews and stuff like that, it seems like he Shaquille O'Neal in Doesn't this line movie, up. Yeah, in his this movie, he's like so animated. He is he is having a ball, and then in like interviews and other things, like even on like hot ones when he's doing the interview on hot ones, he's like, is he really happy to be here? What's going on? But he's yeah. 
he's like so animated and with it in this movie. And it's like, where is this Shaq now? Like, where is he? They, uh, I guess with age, man, like, like Nick Nolte at one point, you could understand yeah. him. And then now you're that how you can't understand Shaq. <laughs> which is crazy because Shaq and Nick Nolte made a basketball movie, <laughs> <laughs> which, which isn't point. bad, which is not bad. It's called blue chips. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, crazy. So Kazam is geared towards kids. And I think there's like, I like the film so far. So, you know, in, in this movie, there's this kid who will talk about um, that his his name in the movie is Max. Maxwell Connor, played by Francis Capra, who is Weevil uh, from the Veronica Mars series. Which He's also in Free Willy. Too. Yes, he, he yes, he is in Free Willy too. But he's almost recognizable because he has like long mullet hair and you know, he has a perfect set of teeth except for one tooth in front that's just <laughs> kind of switched around. Yeah. And you you're you're looking at this kid and he kind of wears the same outfit throughout the whole movie, but yeah. Th- this kid seems like he wants to be a baller, shot caller type of thing, but he's picked on, he's you know, brought into the bathroom and picked on by bullies and stuff like that. Uh, And he ends up finding like this genie, not inside a lamp, but inside a (laughs) boombox. And and the genie comes out. It is Kazam. Shaquille O'Neal is like, I'm going to grant you three wishes. And what I liked about this that was is not stereotypical of these types of movies is that the genie Kazam is like really wants to help this kid and even is like free willing giving gifting with free wishes it's like on how to wish and i thought that was genius uh in that yeah, he way was fast and loose with genie rules that's who kazam is fast and loose Fa- yes fast and loose but there's also this kind of story about uh, him have this this kid Max having a single mom dating around. She has a new boyfriend, and then his dad never really being in the picture for a while. Uh, I don't know. There, there's like a lot of good elements to this, and I'm trying to think back into 1996 because 1996. That's that's not as far away as the 80s was, but 1996. <laughs> it's why did people hate this movie? I don't get it because there there's not a lot of silly kooky things that don't hold up anymore. Really? It, it, it kind of takes a lot of more serious turns in here. That's what I got out of it. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to pass on your question, but I mean, you're right. I, I don't know why. Cause it got general. Like if you look at the cinema score review, it was a B plus, which you would assume means it has somewhat good word of mouth. Like critics, did critics have that much power back then to where, all the reviews pretty much trashed this movie. So, so bad. Did that actually filter out into the universe to where people didn't show up to see it? Because the movie didn't even make it, its budget back. And it had a huge marketable star in a country that we know loves basketball stars starring in movies. So I don't think we have I don't think we have an answer unless we get really philosophical with it and really just I don't want to give credit to the movie reviewers either. The critics. But my guess is that you have Shaquille O'Neal, an up-and-comer type of thing. He's no Michael Jordan. He's no Magic Johnson at the time. But he – and then you don't pad it with other bankable stars. And the was. whole Looney Tune aspect that would bring in kids. 
So that's where I'm guessing that it that it fell. Preston, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I'm like looking through all the little blurbs on Rotten Tomatoes, just trying to make sense of it. But yeah, I imagine at the time, criticism had a big, I mean, it did for me when I was reading newspapers. Uh, my favorite critic when I was a kid was the Didn't Record Chronicle, Boo Allen. And every time he gave a really good score for something, I even if it was like three out of five stars, I knew, hey, it's probably something worth checking out. And yeah, a lot of oh. these, a lot of these blurbs are just don't make sense to me. Like they're like one is saying like the movie looked lively and imaginative in the trailer that had been showing for months, stretch it out to 92 minutes though. And you realize the entire thing was, eff was effectively and attractively squeezed into the preview there. One says, are you bored yet? D dismal. It's marketing, not movie making. That's what Gene Siskel said. <laughs> so it, yeah, there's just, I, I don't understand. Uh, maybe they just haven't seen as many movies as we have now, just because at the rate that movies were being made at the time compared to what it is now, we have things that are constantly coming out almost every day even. And there's been even jokes and memes today that said at least the movies back then in the 90s, especially when they were bad, they were still pretty good. And then if you watch movies that are bad today, they're just straight up bad a lot of the times. So 100%. there's there's just there's a charm to it. Admittedly, you have to say that that I think Shaquille really is a even though he's a jolly giant in this, like he really is jolly. Like he's he's as Brian was saying, like his his rhythm, the words that he puts out there. You can understand him very clearly, and I I just get pulled into that. And on top of the things that we already mentioned about, there's real dramatic stakes here with the kid. You're wrapped up into his world of wanting to know who his dad is and uh, not wanting to believe his mom. Like his mom the whole time is just trying to say, like, there's a reason why I've been shielding him from you your entire life. And then there's a really good moment when he realizes his mom is right. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, there's there's just a lot of really quality stuff here that I think is getting that has been dismissed over the years that we really need to bring back to the front burner again. And nothing like this is in Space Jam, like it's sibling no. film, like it is Michael no. Jordan playing it like he's like reading off a cue card with no emotion and it's you know a, something that like oh my god the whole thing is you know are the the looney tunes and the world whatever it doesn't make sense this is more grounded and <clears throat> with Shaq bringing in that emotion with Shaq bringing in like his rap career his short-lived rap career oh, to it was like it was genuine like he really was rhyming in the way to make it more, I guess, not nonsensical, but whimsical. Um, I mean, this time's where he sounds like Public Enemy, <laughs> right? He would love that. By the way, uh, he, he's probably if he were listening to this, he'd be like, "Man, I really hate this guy for making fun of how I sound now." But uh, he's cool again with that that comment about my 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 rap style. <laughs> 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 But it, it's uh, it's an interesting perspective because this is billed, I guess, as a kid's movie. And so, Dan and Preston, you both have 
children. Yeah. What what is your take on Kazam? I know uh Dan, like having two kids, do you think they would like this movie? Is this geared to them, or do you think this is more adult themed? So both my kids love the first Space Jam. I have perfectly corrupted them to know that uh LeBron James is not better than Michael Jordan. So I've ruined them in that Ooh. capacity and they love Space Jam. Um, they did not really like the second Space Jam. But when it comes to something like Kazam, I'm not sure. I watched it by myself. I'm not sure that they would get into it um, as much because of the adult stuff. And other than the fun things that get thrown around, you know, when the, like the bike race and the, the junk candy. food raining, the, junk the, candy, food raining, yeah. the junk food and candy raining and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if they would pick up on how deep it is at this point or if they would just be like sitting there like zombies waiting for the next thing that uh kazam would be doing that was fun and that's not it's not a knock on like the education of my children as much as it's like this movie was like hey we're a kids movie but also we're going to deal with like separated parents and like father abandonment issues but then we're going to get back to the good stuff it was um i don't know I i'll have to try it with them i think that they would definitely watch it and i think that they would enjoy it um I don't know if they would love it as much as a movie that's just geared towards happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> okay. On every frame. I get it. And, and Preston, you were talking about watching it with Ro. Uh, <laughs> and I, I know you like to watch movies through the eyes of your child. Uh, what, what was that like watching Kazam? He really liked it. Uh, so my son is five years old. He was really in tune with it. I think, um, because we don't watch a whole lot of movies with him. Like we're pretty selective. Like we have movie nights on every Friday night. And so we're not just constantly, you know, overstimulating him right. with so much content. Uh, we're pretty selective, like I said. And so to watch this, like I just put it on by surprise last night. I, I my, my wife was tutoring in the other room and I was like, Hey, I got to watch this. Do you want to watch it with me? And so I turned it on. So he was already glued in. I don't know how glued in he or cued in he was into the world of it from the the start because it. I mean, it's not like that. Even though we see the, I think it, it does start with him being a lamp, like right. he's on a shelf. And it falls and over. Then, yeah. So like over time, it's kind of like Jumanji. Like Jumanji started as the board yes. game, and then through history as interest change it turns into a video game and so that's kind of what happens here it starts as a lamp and he had been in there for hundreds and hundreds of years and then uh we're now in the 90s listening to boom boxes on the street hip-hop everything like that's that's what's hot at the time so he transforms into a boom box um so i i I because it takes a minute for Kazam, Shazam, man, I'm making that prop mistake. Oh, <laughs> Kazam um, takes a minute for him to pop up. I think he was just kind of into it because he's like, "Hey, I'm watching a movie right now," yeah. and I, and so I don't know if he was really into the beginning, but yeah, once as it gets to like what Dan was talking about, like when he first hits the boom box and it turns on and is the his bullies who are chasing him scatter you see this you see the bike race stuff going on and my son was laughing like he was really enjoying yeah. the language of the character he was 
he liked all his like ha ha like just like all these little things that Shazam would do. Um, like I even took note of that um, the opening of the movie when he's in the lamp, he's like yawning in a funny way. He's like, mm-hmm. and then that's like what causes him to fall over. Literally, I also thought of uh, I came in like a wrecking ball since a wrecking <laughs> the wrecking ball came in and knocked him <laughs> off the shelf. Um, so I don't know. I did a pretty good job of like setting these things up and then yeah my son was really into like i said he he enjoyed the character he had really good questions throughout even when it came to the more deeper stuff um like i said he he was like why is that man so bad why is he doing this and i was like well his you know his dad um he's this is what he does and so um yeah that the his boss is being mean to him because he's also doing bad things and so uh i I think it brought upon a good conversation and even if my son was a little bit older i think it's pretty meaningful that the overall message of the movie being about second chances that there's this really good conversation between him even though it's a bad conversation but it's good to take note of that when Max and his dad are talking in the car and he says, I want you to know something. There's nothing, there's no such thing as second chances because look at me, I don't have a choice anymore, but you do have a choice. And I think that's puts things into perspective, but then, you know, by the end, he shows him that there are such thing as second chances. And so I think that's pretty, pretty thoughtful. And there's nothing like that. That's in space jam. I think space jam at the time was just a lot of like, it's showing us a lot of candy uh, pun intended. Like there's so many things to look at (laughs) and it's got this very popular IP there. And so there's so much in, in it's, it's essentially fart jokes almost, even though there's not a whole lot of farting in it. It's just like, there's, (laughs) there's cheap laughs in it. And then here it just, it takes its time. And I think so many people just dismiss that and it's pretty sad. So yeah. I think there's a there's a lot here, and my son enjoyed it, so I think kids would would enjoy it today. Good thing. Well, what do you think about that, Dan? I I totally agree with that, and I don't have kids, but I imagine having children. This speaks to more volumes. While Space Jam might be the more fun, silly movie, uh, this Kazam is on a different level, op- operating di- on a different level than that. Yeah, I think um, the easiest thing that I can compare it to as as Preston was talking was my kids recently watched The Parent Trap, which, you know, starts off a little slow, has a lot of marital issues and a lot of kind of adult themes about divorce and, you know, twins being separated and all that sort of weird stuff. But then it turns into it has a couple of goofy, goofy moments and so, some fun stuff in it. And so I think that it's kind of the same realm of what Preston was saying, where there's there's enough in there to get them into it, but I'm not sure if they. Um, yeah, it's not all the color things coming at them, but I'm sure that they'll they understand it and they enjoy it. If if that makes sense in a way, like it it has the themes that we can talk about because like my son was like, wait, why don't why didn't those girls grow up together? You know that sort of questions when we were watching the Parent Trap. So I'm sure they would think the same way. Yeah. With kids are Kazam. smarter than we realize. Oh yeah, wait, yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. So what do you think of Mac Max's character? Because, you know, throughout the movie, 
you, you know, watching this in 1996, he kind of comes across uh, comes across as a, a little dick. Uh, yeah. But I think he he wants to mean well. He wants to have a good time. Yeah. But it's also he has a you know kind of a bad childhood. What do you, what do you think of this Max character? He's he's acting out because of all the. That's yeah. the other thing that opens up an avenue to talk about if you watch it with kids or just in general. Something that I obviously missed on when I was a kid watching it on VHS was. I know now the reason he was acting out and kind of being a dick like that makes perfect sense. I mean, he has, you know, the single mom situation. He has issues with his dad. He's getting bullied at school. Like he wants the attention. He wants to feel some power. And it was that's very real. Like, well, I'm sure everyone's seen that or knows someone who who has acted like that. So that's another thing where it's like, man, these kids movies back then were other than some of the more recent Disney Pixar movies. Um, they don't deal with any of these emotions that kids go through or the way that they act um, nowadays. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like he's forcing, I don't know if this is the proper way to articulate this, but this is just kind of what's coming to mind. Like he's forcing himself into believing like he's been neglected by both fan, mm-hmm. both both parties, like his mother and father, mainly just because his mother... Um, even though she's a caring mom and she wants what's best for him and she wants to shield him from his reality, so to speak, she uh, he, he doesn't feel like she's understanding him. Like he doesn't understand mm-hmm. that as a child. Yeah. If you don't know anything, you're going to think your dad is the best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been plenty of movies where like we even talked about Rookie of the Year. And how, like, you thought your dad was the best, but, you know, there's a reason why I didn't talk to talk to you about him. Um, and then there was a journey for him, even though Henry Rodengardner mixed with Max, they're completely different characters. Henry Rodengardner's very happy-go-lucky. He has so much joy to spread. And then Max is the complete opposite. He likes feeling sorry for himself. And the journey of his character, because by the end... He he has so much. Un, he has way more understanding. He has more acceptance. You can see that he's on a path for good now. Like he learned something. There was a good complete arc there, and so I think that is a really good story to have. Um, there's so much to mine from this, especially as if you're a kid watching this. Like say, I a lot of this probably went over my head when I was six when this movie came out. I probably did gravitate towards the same things. If I if I were to ask my son, what did you like about Kazam? He'd be like, I love the way he talks. I love all the, I love the bike race. Like, because the bike race, he was laughing, just laughing and laughing. And uh, all the candy and all those things. Because that's what I remember when I, when I was watching this with him, he was like, why, why are we watching this movie? And I was like, well, I, you know, I have to watch it for work, but I also, it's been a long time. The only thing I remember from it is the, the scene where all the candy falls. The sugar coating like, scenes, the sugar coated scenes. That's like every kid's dream to yeah. be able, when you're like, dude, candy, candy. Like that's my son. Like every night he's like, I'm like, dude, every night it does not have to be a dessert. We do not have to, you and mom are just 
creating a huge issue here in this household. And so, <laughs> yeah, just to imagine candy bars and Skittles and, and flapjacks falling from the sky, like that's just, that's pure like wish fulfillment, uh, which, right. is, what, which is the goal of the movie. Um, so uh, I, I think the stages of his wishes are really good that it starts with like this kind of kid, innocent wish. And then as his wishes go on, like it becomes real serious and then he's thinking more uh less with his mind and more with his heart and uh yeah that i i like where do you get that from a a kid's movie right uh, you you like don't this? you don't and to this Kazam's credit uh this movie <clears throat> even with that first wish that sugar coating you know thunderstorm of junk food falling down even max that character then is not really happy about it and he's yeah. not you know hoarding candy he's not hoarding cakes he just takes one little candy bar and starts talking about real shit and like takes a bite and so i was i noticed that in this movie it's like wow usually in a kid's movie like this he would be just like gorging himself but he has other motives he's he really is hurting in this moment because this is, like you said, a kid's wet dream. There, yeah, there's yeah. a. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to stray too far off, but like one of the wishes, like when it becomes uh, the 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 Malik character, who is the boss of his dad, he he wants this boombox. He he's pretty much Jafar in this situation. Like he wants to build to have the wishes. He recognizes the capabilities of the boombox. And um, he's putting on like all this stuff to, to distract uh, the genie Kazam from knowing what is what his true motive is there. And there's a scene with Malik in the kid Max, where Malik says, you know, I want all the money in the world. And then Max says, because it's presenting the rules of because that's what's interesting about this movie, too, is like the rules of it. Like, because we've seen some genie movies where it comes, like, if the boombox, somebody happened to slyly take the boombox away from Kazam, like, you would think, well, Kazam would sense that, and then it would just magically appear back in his arms again. There's some sort of, like, blurriness between reality and fantasy that's going on with him that's really fascinating to me. And, and it's perfectly illustrated during that scene with Max and Malik, where Malik says, I want all the money in the world. And then Max says, well, if you had all the money in the world, nobody else in the world would have any money. And then it just threw me down this path of like, man, this Malik guy would turn into the villain from Fury Road with water. And so it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, there's so much going on here with just little bits of dialogue that kids would just completely just roll on past them. But as an adult, a parent watching this, you'd be like, holy shit, this movie has a lot between the lines. It does. Dan, that's the second time Fury Road has been mentioned since we've been on this uh, yeah. on this call. Uh, <laughs> Dan, what, what do you... Uh, do you feel the same way like that what what Preston is saying that I, I think there's more to Kazam. I feel like if Kazam was released today, it would get a way better rating. Yeah, I uh, yes. Like for example, if uh if Giannis starred in a genie movie like this, like I'm thinking of the the young, really popular big man in the NBA right now, starting a, a genie movie, I think that it would be a much bigger deal. 
Um, I don't, I still can't figure out how this didn't work to where it was, but it, it's, um, it, there's a lot more there under the surface than just Shaq in a stupid costume. And, 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 and he's in yeah. multiple costumes here, right. which are pretty cool. But I also like that the genie aspect in most genie movies like this, the genies reigning three wishes, the genie kind of sometimes said he wants to be freed or, but he doesn't say what he wants to do. Shaq wants to be his own person and actually is struggling with actually helping Max and wanting yeah. to do the right thing in that. We don't see that like ever. No. Yeah. And There's that was cool about this movie. And nobody talks about that element of it. Yeah. Like there's a scene where Max, he, he sees that his dad is being uh, punched and somebody took this very important tape. And that's one of the wishes that Max once like he he says like i want this tape and then and then kazam will be like i don't want you to waste your wish like that just sounds like something that it's just like i want these wishes to mean something to you but then he didn't know so the fact that that's like part of it and that kazam wants it to be a meaningful thing to him like it doesn't exactly start out that way i think the first wish is like he knows that the first wish is always like, you don't believe me type of thing. That's why it's the candy stuff. And and he says, like, I just I just want you to make these three wishes so I can move on. But then even he like there, you can just see this relationship with them. Like they're both feeling this change within them and where it goes with Kazam that he wants to be his own person. There's a scene where he says, like, you know, I I can't have I can't be free I can't have love. I can't touch destiny. And it 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 really is kind of like the thing from Aladdin where Aladdin uh, in the genie in Aladdin, he says like, you know, I want to be free. I've never had this before, but he earns it on his own. He doesn't need the help of him to exactly get there, even though it kind of does, but it's not him straight right. up Max saying, hey, I wish that you can be free. It's still its own movie. Like they're both working and realizing on their own with a little bit of a crutch from each other, but they they're, they're learning on their own and they're not uh, it's, they're not so highly dependent on each other. That's why at the very end, it's very special when Max, after he gets what he wants out of this situation and in a realistic way, it's not like it was given to him so easily that he can just, you know, take every, uh, learn that uh he shouldn't take everything for granted like it, it feels it feels real and so when kazam gets his wish so to speak and that he's a free person and we see him walking off in the distance with his uh romantic partner and they're arguing about real things like he's got to get a job now and he's like it, it's like this meet joe black thing uh, of like death wanting to be a real person and here this genie gets to be a real person and how he like I want to see where the movie goes I want to see like him trying to uh, live a normal life now uh, would be really fascinating um, so yeah there's it was just good. really good stuff and I love the fact that this is one of the only genie grant three wishes movies that goes into maybe some folklore of what it might be like, because usually when we see any genie type of movie, the genie pops out and is immediately a fucking baller. But yeah. with 
with Kazam with Shaquille O'Neal, he comes out and he's so rusty he can't grant a wish. Like Max wishes yeah. for a Jaguar car, and Kazam can't do it. He tries, but he can't make it happen. And I was like, this is genius. Like he's been trapped for five thousand years inside a lamp, and he can't he can't make no. it happen. He has to he has to get the ring rust off so to speak uh before he can actually make things happen and i thought that was brilliant yeah yeah i, I love it yeah that there, there uh there's another really great thing about all that about him being kind of rusty and things like that is that he he also kazam has been <laughs> punishing himself for the things that he did, because there's another great scene where he's talking to Max, and then Max is like, "What is the worst thing that you ever seen?" Because he, at that point, Max is talking about seeing his dad uh, getting hurt, and 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 that was like the worst thing he see that he's seen. He's like that. That was the moment of him really realizing that my dad isn't this saint. He is a problematic person. And so it kind of crushes him a bit. And so he's having this really emotional moment with Kazam and Kazam says something like the destruction of Pompeii. And he's like, mm -hmm. what you, 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 you did. You did. Yeah. Somebody wished that. And, and it just makes you think of like all the, th it's like this Forrest Gump moment. Like, man, what has Kazam ran into in his entire life? And he's probably done some very, malicious things and he's kind of like been maybe punishing himself within that the lamp after all these years but he still kind of comes out as this optimistic person uh i'm just gonna be drawing all these comparisons to i was thinking of the whale with brendan fraser like brendan fraser is this very optimistic person who is just burying <laughs> all this pain and i am not trying to make kazam this movie from the 90s sound like it's like citizen kane and this great movie but it's just surprising to me that there's so much of this stuff in here that maybe was conscious on on behalf of the filmmakers maybe they knew it but then just did they really know that this movie would have the legs even though it doesn't have the attention that i want these days but if people give it a second chance, oddly enough, what this movie's about, Aha. a second chance, I think they'll find that it's a really rewarding movie. And so I, I'm just excited about it. And and so in that way, I, I make I'm making this movie sound like it's the best movie ever. But um, well, we know it's not the best really, movie ever. But there's yeah. so much more to this because people when yeah. they you say Kazam, you're just like, oh, it's the worst piece of shit movie, and it's not. There's so much more to it. And just talking about it with you two is uh you're you're finding you're just like wait this movie was way better than anybody said it was <laughs> absolutely that's the main thing and that's the main thing we bring to the whole purpose of this podcast is there's nobody sitting around right now except for us three that were like you know what maybe i'll give kazam a second shot and we were all like laughing like wow let's do it and it turns out that we were like oh it, it's worth a second shot it's definitely not terrible there's lots of redeeming qualities about it and yes did it miss at the time sure but it's streaming for free on disney plus right now well you have to pay for disney plus but you know what i mean like pull it up it's 90 minutes long 
Check it, it out. It Get is. And so when you when you think Kazam, so we're talking about Kazam and Shazam. That's the reason we picked Kazam because Shazam. Um, there's kind of similarities, kind of. But when this movie came out and years after people confuse this movie with a non-existent movie called Shazam that's allegedly starred the comedian Sinbad. Um, and that movie does not exist. People were confusing Kazam, this Shaquille O'Neal movie with a movie that didn't exist. It's like a thing. It's a, a whole thing. They funnier die made a video about it. it it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. oh, go ahead. One, one, one detail that we haven't mentioned is who it's directed by, which is Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. Right. Paul Michael Glazer uh, is, yes, he's he's Dave Starsky. And, you know, this guy started as an actor. He started in Fiddler on the Roof. Um, <laughs> he did. And then he kind of got into the director and he directed movies like The Running Man, The Cutting Edge, another basketball movie, The Air Up There, which is amazing. And Kazam. And then he's gone back to kind of acting it is crazy to me that, and I mean, it, it, it's the story is that he brought his son to a basketball game. Hey, do you want to meet Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, we should put him as a genie. What? What is happening? It's, yeah, I'm just trying to imagine him going into because he developed the story. Somebody else like helped write the script, and I think even Shaquille O'Neal is an executive producer on here. So as I went into the movie this many, many years later, I was thinking about those things as watching it. I was like, what did this director, Paul Michael Glazer, like what? There's It's so culturally specific that like I just can't imagine him going through all these motions and find like where does the inspire where's the inspirational well coming from for for him uh, obviously he has an interest in basketball and Shaquille O'Neal but there's so many of these other things going on here that it's almost like Cormac McCarthy when I <laughs> read his books he's like a 90 year old dirty man and I'm like what what the hell is all this stuff coming from? Like it's just blows my mind. Um, so yeah, that that was pretty fascinating. If you think about like who the the creators are and Shaquille O'Neal, like what is his what was his creative influence on this? Was it was it uh, you know did he have a say with like at the villain at the end? I want to crunch him up into a ball and I want to slam dunk him down an air shoot. Like I, I like I wonder all those things that he probably. Uh, Hell yeah, he did. Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> Hell yeah, he did. And why is this movie not on vinyl? Like, I want the soundtrack because I mean, it's got Shaquille O'Neal, Usher, Boys to Men, TLC, Salt and Pepper, uh, it quit Backstreet Boys. This soundtrack's killer, and it has Shaquille O'Neal rapping, which of course I don't know if y'all ever owned the Shaquille O'Neal CD album. <laughs> I did. He did. I did too. <laughs> I think we all did at some point, but why is this not on? Because a music is a big part of this movie. That's what Shaquille O'Neal wants to do with his life. He wants to be a rapper and he's rapping in front of a club, you know, that's fronted by, I guess the mafia of some sort, but it's genius, right? Yeah, I would say so. Oh my and, God. Yeah. I hope I hope our our uh, podcast here has has the the power to inspire too. Um, so, um, 
Yeah. Like, think- talking about this, I feel like this is, like, ripe for Criterion Collection. Like, for sure. Like, really. <laughs> like, bring it back. Because there are themes in here that are not in other kids' movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's uh more... It's smarter than it has any right to be. Um, and more than people give it credit for. So, yeah. Definitely give it... Oh, before we close out just wanted to bring up the the rap scene that he has where they pretty much essentially do the music video and like in any other movie where they would have something like that going on it logically makes sense that it would be like that because he does have the power to change clothes he has the power to put max in different settings so it does have like this music video feel of you know popping out of the corner because it's funny when you watch musicals sometimes and they're like oh they were on the stairs singing this lyric and then they're down here in the water in the next moment then they're back up there again it doesn't make sense uh when you really think about it but the music video vibe of it is really a fun moment on its own but it also makes sense within the film too yeah agreed agreed so do we recommend this movie i say hell hell yeah. yeah Hell yeah. 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 I mean, if if someone couldn't tell that by now, they're in trouble. But yes, we <laughs> recommend it. We recommend I'm gonna say it. that this is the first movie on this podcast that I I remember seeing and I remember like, okay, this is gonna be another one where we hate it. Yeah. Um it I completely shocked 180. Like, I love this movie. I why is this not in a collector's edition 4K right now? <laughs> like it needs to be. Yeah. Well, We'll, we'll we'll continue to champion it beyond this podcast. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll try to get a review up and maybe take it from five to six percent. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. That would be amazing. So yes, we are the Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast. Um, Brian Kluger here with Press and Barta and Dan Moran. Uh, you can find Dan Moran. He runs our Instagram soon to be Twitter account for Fear and Loathing podcast. Uh, Press and Barta, the man, the myth, the legend. He's at the Den- Denton Record Chronicle. He's at freshfiction.tv. He's on YouTube and Twitter at Preston Barta. And on Instagram is Blu ray dad. Find out his latest reviews, find out his latest interviews there. And I'm Brian Kluger with highdefdigest.com. Find me on YouTube and YouPorn. It is good. (laughs) Kazam, we'll be back next week with another wonderful, fantastic uh, movie for y'all. But until then, Disney plus it for Kazam and relive what we did. Like, it's a good movie. You will like it. Your kids will like it.